Thank God it's Tuesday, mainly because it's not Monday, but also because you can listen to Anna and Marta, your two very good friends from You've Got Five Options. Join us while we are solving yet another life challenge. And if you decide to share your problem with us, yours can be next. Today we are talking about habits. Sam would like to stop smoking, but he's a bit discouraged after previous failures. So if you'd like to know what to do to succeed with quitting a habit that no longer serves you, then you definitely need to stay tuned. Hello everyone, this is Marta. And this is Anna. And it's You've Got Five Options. Yes, and we are recording from a radio station. Yeah, that's something very new for us. So we are very excited to be here. And we will be recording today about quitting smoking. Yes, yes, we will. And uh, I, I have to mention this, Marta. We have also here last the technician who is teaching us how to operate this thing. Mixer. Uh, mixer. It is a really ginormous, complicated stuff, but... Um, but I think it, 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 it makes the sound nice, right? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes, we have his voice because we have discovered that Lasse has a really fantastic voice. Thank and you. we are trying to convince him to have a podcast by himself. By myself? Just me alone? Just you um. alone. Or you can be our regular go uh, guest. Yes, I would like that. <laughs> okay, awesome. So that was Lasse, our technician. Okay, so I guess this time I am the one who is reading the challenge. And uh, as Marta said, it has something to do with quitting smoking, which is one of those really popular uh, resolutions, I guess. So I think this is how this person came down to this situation. So here it goes. The time has come and I am ready to quit smoking. The challenge is that I have tried quitting before and I wasn't successful. I tried going cold turkey. I have tried using Nicorette. And after a while, I was just starting to smoke again. I guess also due to that, I don't believe I can actually do it anymore. What can I do to quit for good? So that's the challenge we have received anonymously uh, through you've got five options.com website. And we are not quite sure if it came from a girl or a guy. So, uh, dear uh, anonymous stranger, we are giving you a name, Sam. Yes, because you can be Samuel or Samantha. Yes. So I, I like Samantha better. You think it's a girl? I actually think it's a guy. Lasse, what do you think? Is it a girl or a guy? I don't know. I didn't really hear the question. Sorry, I was focused on the mixer. That's okay. Yeah, okay. So Lasse doesn't know. I think it's a guy. Marta, how about you? Yeah, I have an impression it's a girl. But I th we have the name Sam. Perfect. So we are ready. Dear Sam, quitting smoking or actually breaking any habit that you have been repeating over and over again for years, it's quite a journey. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, but it's a journey that might be beautiful, but definitely can be challenging and difficult. We have prepared a five steps process for you that we believe if you follow it diligently, if you really put your heart into it, you can really make it work. However, there is a tiny little trick with that process. You actually have to believe that you can make it. Yeah, and I think this is one of those things that we have uh, 
pay our attention when we were reading your challenge, you said that you are not really convinced if you can do it anymore because you have tried in the past and uh, and yeah, you were never successful. So I guess that's the first step. You have yeah. to believe it. We will be working with your beliefs for sure. However, the good part is that you say you are ready. That's a very good point. You are ready to quit smoking because it's actually very, very important that you really want it. Because when we want something, there's nothing that can stop us. Except of spiders. Spiders can stop us? Natural disasters. Okay. I don't know how natural disaster would make us smoke again. But that's okay. This can be a really stressful situation, you know, like a zombie apocalypse. I, If I would quit, I would start smoking again. No, you don't believe me? I don't know if it's helpful for some. We definitely some hope that you wouldn't uh, encounter zombies in these first few difficult months as you quit smoking. That would be really shitty, right? He's ready, he's doing it, and then <laughs> the zombie apocalypse. I think that would be really unfortunate. Oh, yeah, we're so smart and funny. I don't think it will happen. So you're ready and uh, and we are ready to help you. Yes. So let's start with talking a little bit about what actually a habit is. Mm-hmm. What happens uh, inside of our brains? Because, of course, it all it's all in our heads. That's what we would really like to tell you some. You can win it and you can stop smoking because it's all in your head. And as soon as you get in control with what's in your head, you can definitely deal with it. But we have quite a nice example of how things work in our brains. And I have this example of driving a car. So at the beginning, when you are starting, when you're learning how to drive a car, it's very difficult. You have to put a lot of attention into how do you set up your mirror. You have to remember to even close a seatbelt. You have to figure out all that clutch and stop and start process. It's very difficult at the beginning. As you repeat that over and over again, you start to do it more and more automatically. After a while, you don't put any attention to your actions. It's like uh, you get a stimulus into your brain. You enter the car and you don't even notice when you are on the road. You turn on the radio, you just start singing. You don't even put absolutely minimum of attention to uh, getting all those steps in order that you have previously needed to put so much attention. That's how a pattern gets built into our brain. By repeating something over and over again, we get it rooted. So a signal is sent to our brain and we automatically react in a given way. And now we need to unlearn what you've learned, as Yoda would say. And example would be a very simple example. You now have to switch to a car that is automatic. It should actually be easier because you have to do less activities in order to start start a car. But because you have developed a pattern in a way you drive a car, you will actually want to automatically repeat all those steps again. So you will have to develop the new pattern in your brain. You'll have to learn the steps repeat them over and over again until a new pattern is developed. With smoking, it's a little bit more tricky because we have addiction added to it, but it actually works the same way. 
right now you get stressed your you get a stimulus that goes to your brain and before you even notice you get the pack of cigarettes out of your pocket and you are starting to smoke you need to catch yourself doing that and you need to figure out a new way you have to unlearn that habit and you have to figure out what you're going to do instead so that was the whole process of how we get those habits built into patterns and repeated over and over again, just to give you an idea what you have to deal with. Yeah, when that, that sounded really professional, Marta. I have been learning to drive a car and I have no idea how to drive an automatic car. So it would be like, you know, like a very stressful situation for me. Yeah, I don't know how to drive a car. I, I think it was too much for me. Lasa, how about you? I'm actually getting my driver's license. <gasps> Are uh, you? Yeah, I have my theory test next week. Okay. Mm, so I'm hopefully pretty so soon. Ca so can you actually confirm that Marta's theory is correct, that at the beginning you don't know what you are doing and you have to pay attention to everything? And yeah, then, yeah. And I then can. it becomes automatic, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely, okay. definitely. <laughs> okay, so if there is a zombie apocalypse, you both can run away in a car and I have to run. Awesome. If we have a car that has more seats than two, we can take you with us. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you very much. Amen. Fist bump. Okay, so dear Sam, you have tried quitting before. You have looked, uh, you have used like Nicorette medicine helping you out of smoking, but you were coming right back into it. And our theory is that you were coming back to smoking because you did not manage your mind uh, correctly. You have not caught your patterns. You have not found a new way that you are going to do the things and you have not worked with your beliefs. That's something uh, that our listeners will get to learn us by. We always dig deeply when we are solving uh, the challenges and we all always ask our listeners to allow themselves time and to get into that inner journey. So Sam, we've got you covered. It's quite a difficult thing that you are going to do when we talk about quitting smoking. So like allow the time for yourself, be gentle with yourself, treat yourself like your very best friend, and then you are definitely gonna make it. So I'm going to tell you now what are the five steps for quitting smoking, and then we will dig into each of the steps uh, one after another. So step one is inner journey or root cause analysis. So you're going to dig deeply to find out why have you been smoking all this time. Step two is a bit more inner journey. You're going to determine why do you really want to quit. Step three is it's all in your head. Time for some solid mental cleanup. Step four, game plan. Figure out what you're going to do instead of smoking. And step five, shift into your new non-smoking self. These are five very simple steps that will help you maximize your chances for quitting smoking or stopping any habit because it can be applied to any habit that no longer serves you. If you want to stop overeating, over drinking, if you want to step stop having too much sex, whatever is the pattern that you have figured out that no longer serves you. I can see that Anna that's, and... That's never, never too much sex. 
yeah, it can be an addiction, but yeah, I, I have seen that Lasse has an opinion. We should allow it. We definitely allow uh, and value your opinion. However, if we imagine a person that, for example, is already exhausted physically and thinks that it no longer serves them, they could potentially use that process as well. It's only for those things that no longer serves you. If it serves you, you don't have to even try stop doing no that. but this is so awesome to have you Lasse here because we can see your reactions live oh. it's like we always wonder how people react and I can bet that if men are listening to this podcast when Marta said too much sex all of the reactions were the same like Lasse's reaction like uh uh no oh that's not an issue that's not a pattern you would like to stop okay good so let's start with our step number one inner journey or root cause analysis Dig deep to find out why have you been smoking all this time. That's probably a step that many of us overlook. We just say, okay, smoking is not healthy. I'm going to try to stop smoking. And yeah, now I'm going to stop now. And actually this step of digging deep into finding out why you have been smoking is something that will really help you to set yourself up for success. Mind dream time. So the first question I would ask here is, why did you even start smoking? That's the first question that I would ask. And I have uh, my best friend, Anna, who is a smoker. And I'm just gonna, you know, uh, ask you, Anna, why did you even start smoking? Oh, my God. Do you remember? Yes, I remember. And it's actually, this is like a stupid and embarrassing story. So uh, way to go. I think it was in high school. And uh, I remember that, you know, everyone was trying smoking and I wasn't smoking and I couldn't smoke. I was very stubborn. I was coughing a lot. So I decided to learn how to smoke. So then I will know how to do it. And uh, that was pretty much something like a like a craft. You know, I was just like, this is a skill I would like to possess because I'm coughing so badly, like more than others. So I will just learn it. Okay, that was a stupid story. But why did you want to learn? Why did you even want to start smoking? That's the root cause that we would like to get at. Ah, okay, because well, I went into smoking and it wasn't connected with smoking. Afterwards, I just enjoyed it. I, um, in my case, and I think in many cases, it actually starts as just like enjoyment or trying something. But after some time, when I started to smoke regularly, that was something that was relaxing me. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed also smoking on with my friends on parties with beer with coffee. It became a habit, a relaxing habit. So that was a mix of being social and mix of just relaxing. Yeah. Yeah. The reason why uh, I ask this uh, question of why did you even start mm -hmm. is because sometimes it gives us some very solid piece of information. Like some of us start smoking because we think it's cool, because we want to impress our friends. And then it gives us an opportunity to ask, is that even still a valid reason? So that's why it's nice to ask yourself that question, why did you even start as a first question? Because you can identify that you started Uh, running a habit that is not valid at all anymore. It's kind of like, you know, you can ask yourself a question. Do you do I even think it's cool that I'm smoking? So that's like the first question. And then, of course, there is a question like, why have you continued smoking? And why have you been smoking all this time? So actually, in this step, Sam, and all the people who would like to break their habit, we would like to ask you to write down 
all the reasons why you're smoking or why have you been smoking, as well as every situation where you reach out for a cigarette. This is going to be your mindful journey to figure out all these potential moments when you can be tricked back into smoking in the future. So that's the step about, like Anna, you have mentioned that at the beginning you, you, you don't even really know why you started smoking, but with the time you develop that enjoyment. So if you would now try to identify why and when you smoke, you could probably give quite a long list, right? Uh, Can you give some examples? Like why or when? Yeah, like for both, examples for both. Okay, this will be a long list. But yes, I do smoke in the morning. That's a habit, you know, when I wake up. And uh, that's pretty much one of the very first things I do. I smoke on breaks when I'm at work. I smoke when I wait for the bus. I smoke when I wait for a taxi. I smoke basically when I wait. That's why I don't mind when people get late because then I wait for them and I can smoke. Okay, that sounds really weird. Yeah, so you identify all the moments when, right? Mm -hmm. And it's and you start finding out it's a lot. It's like when I go out with my friends, when I have a beer, when I have a coffee, when I wake up in the morning and so on. You start building quite a long list of when and then you start uh, identifying some other Uh, factors like when I'm waiting, right? Mm -hmm. So you could identify probably here, if you would like to stop smoking, you could identify, okay, that's an area where I would have to figure out what will I do instead. Because exactly. every time exactly. I'm waiting, I uh, reach out for a cigarette or every time I have my first coffee, I reach out for a cigarette. So that's the purpose of this uh, first step. You identify all those moments so that you can later in uh, the future steps uh, find what you're going to do instead. Another part of that journey is more like why. So, for example, for me, a big deal with smoking was I was smoking when I was stressed So why was I smoking? I was smoking as it was my way to deal with stress. With uh, I, I started smoking so stupidly after uh, my boyfriend uh, broke up with me. It was my kind of like coping mechanism in how to uh, deal with all that, you know, post breakup, the huge heartbreak and so on. So I started to deal with stress, to deal with my difficult emotions. So that's the whole purpose of this exercise. You find out all those reasons why and all these times when and you write them down. I think that's pretty smart. Lassa, are you a smoker? Uh, no. Have I'm you not. ever smoked? Yes, I've tried it a couple of times because the cool kids were smoking so I tried to fit in, you know. But I didn't see the appeal in actual smoking. So, so actually, you, you never really got addicted or no, you never built no, a I habit. No. Lucky you. I just think that it's actually quite funny that, Marta, you gave this example that many times we go into smoking because we think it's cool. So usually it starts in some teenage years. And Lassa is confirming your theory. Life. I skipped all that being cool. I didn't start. All my friends were smoking. I didn't start at all to be cool. I was actually the only one that was not smoking and I even liked it. I'm different. But I started with another stupid reason, you know, like how it's gonna help me with a breakup, you know, when I think about it now. But it's, it's a good information to have. Why did you start smoking and why have you continued smoking all this time? And if you are dealing with overeating, you can try to identify, can you even remember when you started overeating and why do you think that was? Each situation in which you are overeating or whatever is the habit that you would like to break. Marta, can you uh, say what actually you mean by overeating? That's something that every challenge that we solve and uh, we, we are recording now 
both a podcast. So some of you will hear it as a podcast. The other ones of you will hear it on the radio, but you can also read each of the challenges. And I have shared in our written version my journey and I uh, actually did something that we will really try to help you some avoid. I have swapped my uh, addiction with smoking with overeating. So that's why it's so important to get into the into that uh, root cause analysis and figure out I definitely now know that I have started smoking and then swapped it with another habit that doesn't serve me, which is overeating because it was my coping mechanism, my way to deal with difficult emotions. I didn't have a way to deal with difficult emotions. So when I get stressed, I start eating a lot. I start eating more than my body needs. Or for example, I indulge in sweets. That's my new habit that I'm working with, <laughs> with this process. So... I have uh, quit smoking a long time ago, like 13 years ago. So I can have some reference to that um, when uh, when working with that challenge. But I can also have a reference to the habit that I actually struggle with now as well. I think that this is a fantastic example. And I really hope we will dig into it because I think it's very easy to switch addiction for addiction. And it really goes down to the fact that you are just uh, coping with something using your addiction. But I also wanted to ask you because I think many people are not not quite sure what overeating is. You know, it's like overeating. Yeah, I'm just eating a lot or I enjoy food. And I think it's uh, it's quite valuable to say that, you know, overeating is in a moment when actually you don't need to eat. You just use food in order to cope with something, you know. And I think there is a difficult line sometimes to really realize when you are already in that addiction. Because when you're smoking, it's obvious you're addicted. You know, everyone sees you grab the cigarette. When you go into things like overeating or even when I think you start to drink and you are not just like, you know, an alcoholic and drinking vodka every single day, but maybe you are just like with a glass of wine and then it can get out of the control, you know. So it's actually really interesting because those are not such obvious addictions at the beginning. Yeah, but it's actually the process is not necessarily for addiction. Because with addiction, you have the uh, physical and psychological mm. part. So it's like you are physically addicted and psychologically addicted. So this process, for example, if you would like to use this process for uh, stopping to drink and you are heavily addicted or drugs and you are heavily addicted, you would additionally need a therapy as well. So this is actually for changing a habit. So that process work, you don't have to be actually addicted. It works for a habit you want to change. You know, you are doing something every every time something happens, you develop a pattern in your brain and you would like to change it because you don't actually have to be addicted to overeating. But there is a pattern that when I am stressed, I want to eat. I want to get something and just stuff myself with. So just a little bit of a clarification that this process is good for breaking a habit for winning against your habit, not necessarily dealing with all the physical addictions. Okay, so that was step number one. It was to dig deeply into the reasons why you started smoking and why you have been smoking all this time and writing down all those moments, all those reasons on a piece of paper. Uh, you're going to need them later. And now we are going to go for step number two, which is more inner journey determine why do you really want to quit. And that's where a trick comes because many of us try to break a habit 
for the wrong reasons. And it's extremely important for your success to be able to identify that reason and really own it. And a good example here is if you want to try to quit smoking because your partner wants you to quit smoking, that's not a good reason. That's probably a good reason to start hiding that you're smoking, maybe limiting the smoking in front of your partner, but that's not a reason you can really own. So when you get stressed, when you have a difficult time, you will be very quickly going for that cigarette again because you really need to nail down what's in it for you, why you really want to quit smoking. And that's uh, a part where I probably can't ask you, Anna. (laughs) No, I would be a terrible example here. And actually, I also uh, remember that Sam didn't really gave us any reasons why he wants to. He's just ready to do it. Yeah, that's the whole thing. You know, I had uh, these discussions with so many people over the years, also with my partners back in the day about quitting. And I simply don't find a reason to quit. That's why I don't even try because I don't want to. And I was asked suggested trying to be bribed or convinced and I was always no I'm sorry it it makes no sense because I really don't see a reason yeah and that's uh, something that I really want to get at and I still think that uh, Anna you are a great example if you don't have that real reason for trying to break the habit you're most likely are not going to be successful this is why it's so important to nail it down you are writing some that you are ready that means that you do have uh, some reason i would like to say that one of the main reasons why people try to quit smoking which is the reason of the health uh, we believe uh, we are told we are reading that smoking kills smoking causes cancer and so on there is a little bit of a trick with those kind of reasoning is because it's fear-based. So you are trying to quit smoking based on your fear and it can work. You can be so scared that you will uh, will actually stop smoking. Be aware that those fear-based reasons for smoking may not serve you. Be really cautious. Also, you are saying, I want to quit smoking because I'm going to get cancer. You create such a negative a very strong thought in your uh, in your system, so to speak. That thought, I'm going to get cancer, creates very negative emotion inside of you. And we actually here at You've Got Five Options don't believe that if you are hating on yourself, if you are, you know, scaring yourself, if you are producing negative emotions, that it's going to be helpful. Yeah, I also think that there is a trick with this uh, health thingy. Uh, because especially for young people, you know, if you will say, yeah, you will you will get sick, you might get cancer. I think people can notice that, you know, it somehow influences their health. But when you're young, sometimes you are unable to feel the health consequences because you're young and it, it, it doesn't really convince you. Uh, so um, many people, yeah, I should quit because it's bad for my health but you don't really feel it or see it yet you know people are quitting when they go to a doctor and doctor says you have to quit now because something bad will happen to you because you are getting sick or whatever so yeah it's actually a great example because we know those people who have been trying to stop uh, smoking for years and many times and they cannot make it and then they go to the doctor and the doctor tells them something and they quit right away It's because it's also based on a belief. So if you are just like thinking you might get sick, it's not a strong belief that you get. 
and therefore you cannot quit. But if a doctor is showing you a result of a medical check that you are actually getting sick, you really believe it and you really quit smoking right away. So we have the belief part, of course, but still I would say that the best reason that you can get is the reason that is positive. So that's actually something that we are going to discuss in the next step. But try to figure out, do you want to quit smoking because you want to be healthy? Do you want to quit smoking because you don't want to smell bad anymore? Do you want to quit smoking because you don't like the fact that you are controlled by your addiction, that you actually have to uh, reach for that cigarette, that you are actually getting nervous or stressed when you don't have a cigarette? So just try to nail down that reason that really resonates with you. And now we are moving to step three. It's all in your head. Time for some solid mental cleanup. And in this step, we are going to look into that reason for you to quit smoking. That's uh, one thing. And we are going to do some exercises to get that reason to be positively formulated and believable. And then we are also going to go into, into issues such as negative self-talk and limiting beliefs. These are the two uh, aspects we are going to get here. So... Let's take that reason. So, for example, if you have said, okay, I just want to quit smoking because I don't want to have a cancer. We started to talk about it a little bit. If you start saying something like that, you immediately get negative emotions and you are actually in a vulnerable time. You are in a time when you are going to expose yourself for withdrawal syndromes. You are going to actually go through emotional difficult time. You don't want to add more negative emotions to where you already are. And therefore, we are offering to you a way to formulate it in a positive but still believable manner. So, for example, if you said, I want to quit because I don't want to get a cancer, you are going to make it much better for yourself if you're going to say, I want to quit because I want to be healthy. That's very important. I want to be healthy and strong because there is a universal law that what we put our focus to, that's what's going to happen. Just even try to repeat, I don't want to have a cancer. I don't want to have a cancer. You just feel bad. And if you say, I want to be strong and healthy, I want to be strong and healthy, you start building up a positive emotion around. Yeah, I totally agree. There is this funny uh, experiment. Now I will tell you, Marta, don't think about pink elephant. What are you thinking about right now? Yeah, it's like a pink elephant is immediately in my head. Yeah, right. So I, I think that it, this is really important. And I think that uh, for this challenge, definitely very important. But just in general, we are really having a lot of negative um, self-talk, you know, uh, we formulate a lot of things in a negative manner. And I think that that doesn't really serve us at all. No, it doesn't serve us at all. And there is a, a lot of, you know, literature about that already now. But with your reason, nail it down. And if you want to take it even step further, instead of saying like, I want to formulate it as if you already had it, if you can say it, I am strong and healthy, you are already building it up into your life. You are building your new identity, your new way of doing it. But as an example, if your reason was because I don't want to smell bad, you could reformulate it. I want to smell good or I want to have beautiful smell around me. The more positive, the more believable and the more as if I already have it, I smell good. I smell beautifully. The more you can build up on it, the easier it's going 
to be for you to actually get it, invite it into your life. So that's basically the principle behind it. Try to go from a negative to a positive way of formulating your reason. And the more you're going to repeat it. Uh, I think, Anna, you have some uh, very nice ways of building that uh, new positive affirmation into your life. It's not about smoking, of course. But if you could give a couple of examples when you want to reprogram your brain and you want to change a message that you have had. I have seen you sticking some small notes on your computer. I I have seen you changing your password into something that you want to invite to your life. I have uh, seen you using scripting so that when you want to change some of the things that no longer serves you, you actually have like an army of the things that you do. Uh, in order to invite it to your life. So yeah, but actually, this is true. Well, first of all, I definitely am trying. Oh, and now I would actually fall in my own trap, guys. Wait a moment. I am using positive affirmations. I wanted to say I'm trying to avoid Mm -hmm. negative. You see, this is difficult because somehow we humans are like wired to to say, you know, I don't want to. We are very good at pointing out what we don't want to what we are afraid of. So I don't want to get cancer. I am afraid that I will not gonna make it. I can't do that or something like this. So instead of doing that, you're just changing it. For instance, um, I don't want to get cancer. Perfect example. I want to be healthy. This already takes this whole negative load. So I do really watch my language. And then another thing is that, and this is actually something that I know a lot of people are doing. I always change my password for my computers to things that I want to happen. For instance, okay, I cannot say it because now people will be breaking to my emails. Damn. But yes, there is something. Oh, shit. How many passwords do I have to change now? (gasps) Well, anyway, anyway. I will manage before we will release this uh, this this show, this episode. But uh, yeah, uh, it really works because then when you repeat something, you type something over and over again, somehow it sticks subconsciously to your head. So it works. But I- with the language, it's really difficult because we are so much used to saying I don't, I don't want, I can't. It's it's quite a, quite a job. But once you start to do it, it's getting easier. It's getting better. So the whole thing is that to reformulate your uh, reason into something that is positively formulated and believable, you have to believe it. So, for example, if you don't feel now that you are strong and healthy, if you are saying this and it doesn't resonate with you, you can start with I'm learning to be strong and healthy. I am open to being strong and healthy. So you have to formulate it in a way that really resonates with you. When you have formulated in that way that resonates with you, then you have to repeat it over and over again. Write it down, stick it to your computer, stick it to your mirror, uh, make a vision board. The, um, there are so many good ways that you can do it. And uh, you will find some of those ways, of course, in our written version of the challenge. And the same principles apply to what Anna already mentioned. Some of that negative talk, negative self-talk and limiting beliefs. And good examples you, Anna, already gave some are, I can't make it. I am too weak to make it. I am a smoker. 
that's actually an excellent example of building into your subconsciousness something that will make it really difficult for you to stop smoking. Yeah, because it's become it becomes the part of your identity, actually. Yeah, and that's even more deeply rooted when it's a part of your identity. But when you have those things like, I can't make it, I'm too weak, try to rebuild that to I'm learning how to be strong. If you can't make that bridge from I'm weak to I'm strong, I'm learning to be strong. So what you need to do here when it comes to that negative self-talk is you really have to mindfully listen to yourself. You have to catch yourself repeating those uh, messages. You know, I figured that even 10 years after I quit smoking, I was still telling myself very frequently that I'm a smoker because once a smoker, always a smoker. So I actually caught myself 10 years after I haven't had even one single smoke, repeating that to myself over and over and over again. And you know, I when I was writing this um, article uh, as a preparation for that podcast, I found myself like, am I a smoker? If I continue saying that, I will definitely believe it. I will definitely continue being a smoker. But if I change that identity into something as simple as I am Marta, if I stop telling myself over and over, I am a smoker and once a smoker, always a smoker, I just, you know, started catching myself on trying when I when thinking this and saying that to myself, I catch myself and immediately tell myself, no, nope, I am Marta. And now already, because it's been a couple of weeks since I wrote this article, I don't say to myself any longer, I'm a smoker. I just tell myself I'm Marta. And it's amazing. I don't feel it's so liberating. Revelation. I have been telling this to myself for a decade over that I'm a smoker and I feel so liberated. I feel now I never have to smoke again. It's up to me. We are going to go for step four, game plan. Figure out what you are going to do instead. So do you remember in the first step, we ask you to identify all those moments uh, when you smoke, uh, all the reasons why uh, you reach out for a cigarette And now we are going to take that list and we are going to go one by one and we are going to identify what you're going to do instead. Yeah, actually, here I do have an experience because there was this one crazy time when I was actually challenged uh, to quit smoking. And I made a bet with my friends that I will uh, not smoke for a week. And I have managed, but I think the most difficult part of it was actually what to do in those moments when I actually normally smoke. So I remember the first day uh, when I made the bet and I was going to university. And of course, naturally, I wanted just to pull the cigarette and smoke it on the way to the bus stop. And I was like, what the hell am I supposed to do now? It was small thing, but that was actually the most annoying parts, you know, when you have this habit of, of doing this while doing something else. So then, of course, every break at university was a torture because I was always going for a cigarette. Then um, also when I was having coffee, it was a torture. I couldn't smoke because I didn't have a replacement. I haven't thought thought about it. It was a bet. It was a week. It was terrible. If I would figure out what to do instead, probably that would be way easier for me. But it was I was just taken totally by surprise. And I think that many people who are um, deciding to quit uh, smoking, especially the spontaneous thought like I'm quitting today, 
just now. I think they are not prepared what to do because it's just like simple things. What will I do with my hands? Like I always have something in my hands or the habit of, you know, like spending your break in a way. So I think that uh, this is an extremely important step. So you will have to be creative here. Mm -hmm. Because you have to find out those things that will actually work for you. Some people, they can just, if, if it's really annoying the first days, you can get and you need something for your hands. You can, you know, take your mobile and use your mobile while you're waiting. That could be one example. You can, I don't know, get a chewing gum. You just have to go through your list, identify all those moments and simply allow yourself to be creative and note down if there is anything that could Uh, replace but of course it has several layers because what you're going to do with your hands is just one layer right there is of course a layer also of what you're going to do when you are stressed because if it was your way to manage the stress and deal with any kind of negative difficult emotions do you even have a way to deal with it so there also comes some more of those um, even more challenging situations because i guess if you're highly motivated for quitting smoking uh, and you're feeling fine it's gonna be reasonably easy to not do it but when that crappy day comes when something bad happens when you're really stressed when you feel really you know blue or whatever what are you going to do instead yeah actually i think those are from what i remember from the stories of my friends who are quitting Two breaking points when you actually come back to your addiction is one, when something happens, when you are really, really stressed or angry or sad or heartbroken, whatever that is. And then, of course, you are just like, yeah, I don't care. I will just smoke. The second thing is the second situation. It's actually even more interesting. This is many times when you are already a couple of weeks or months after quitting and you feel comfortable enough that you, yeah, I, I just quit. So then you go out and maybe you have a beer and that was your pattern back in the day you were socializing through cigarette and then you just yeah we'll just smoke one you know it's like I'm 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 already not 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 smoking you know I can do it and then I saw people coming back straight away to the addiction so um, I think those are those two situations when you were usually smoking either for stress release or for relaxation. And it's really, really tricky. You can really fall easily if you don't have a um, well thought out replacement, I think. Yeah, it's a really, really good point. And it's touching upon also the situation to look into your lessons learned. Because we know, Sam, you have tried to quit before and you were coming back to your addiction. So that's also very important to identify why have you failed. So if you look into why have you failed, maybe it was because you thought you are already out of addiction and you are just going out with your friends and you're just going to have a cigarette with your beer or whatever in a social situation. And then you go back to the habit of uh, smoking and addiction identify and you know like really think what you have learned from it so for all those of you who have failed before really look into your lessons learned because there is invaluable information in those traps in those moments when you have actually failed this is where you really have to have a goddamn good plan uh, what you're gonna do in this situation Exactly. You have to pinpoint and exactly those moments, like what has happened that I started. And um, yeah, it, sorry, I, it's just, yeah, it's just brilliant. I'm sorry, I had to say it, Marta. Well, well, well done. Good job. Amen. Fifth bump.
Yeah, so basically, this is a really tricky moment, you know, this time when you when you actually failed before, or when you feel comfortable enough, you think you have it all under control, or you are completely out of your, uh, you know, good spirit, you're angry, you're stressed, and so on, you really have to figure out what you're gonna do. Are you gonna, you know, call your friend? to talk about your negative emotions? Do you even have a way to deal with your negative emotions? And that's where uh, we easily can fall into the trap of uh, changing one addiction into another addiction. So allow yourself some time to spend with yourself to identify what will work for you. Because everyone has to figure it out for themselves. There is no like a recipe we can give you uh, here. There is something that you have to figure out for yourself and that will resonate with you. Yes. So uh, that was uh, step number four. And now we are moving to the last step. Shift into your new non-smoking self. That's actually a very important uh, part. And this is the part that we have already discussed a little bit before, your identity. And I think that this is actually the part that many people who are trying to quit smoking and are failing are never even getting into. I think this is a part that is really neglected. And yeah. that's, uh, that's why I think it's, um, it's super important to talk about this. Yeah, so basically, you had to kind of like, you know, unlearn what you've learned, you had to figure out your new ways of coping with stuff. But now you are attacking that, you know, deeply rooted part of your identity. If you have been repeating a pattern for many years, and especially something like smoking, if you have built it into your identity, I'm a smoker, it actually also gives you like your place in life, a group you belong to, a group of smokers, or it's like it becomes part of your life, part of your identity. You do it so frequently and for so many different reasons. You call yourself a smoker. So this is a very advanced level of reprogramming your brain. You have to find this new way of calling yourself not a smoker. So that's where I gave the example where I figure out something super simple. I just started to call myself a Marta, <laughs> you know, by my name. But you can... You just have to find this word or this name or something that will resonate with you. And yet again, remember, it should be something at least neutral. Like Marta is absolutely neutral. It's not something positive or negative. So it's just neutral. Just remember to have it positively formulated. And we hope that we have explained it well enough that it's our brain that focuses on a message. So that example that Anna gave you, don't think about a pink elephant. You are right away having a pink elephant. Don't you? Uh, exactly. That's, uh, that's a very, very tricky one. I have to say, Marta, that you are very much on spot. And I think especially for the smokers, it's really difficult. Me being a smoker, um, and I call myself a smoker, mostly because I'm still smoking. It is it is maybe not a subculture, but you have some sort of a community. Like when so many people have quit and you go out to smoke sometimes and many times you are alone, then you meet another person. Oh, wow, you're also a smoker? Yeah, I thought that we have extincted, you know, we are like dinosaurs or something. And then you strike a conversation straight away with that person. It's, and especially now when smoking became so unpopular, actually it's even like a 
it's even a tighter community of smokers. It's really, really funny. And I think that uh, smokers are definitely spending their, especially breaks when you are studying or working, they are spending their breaks in a way they go for a cigarette and uh, meet with other smokers. And maybe normally you would not have a conversation with other people. But because you are a smoker, you just start to have a conversation with people that you don't even know. It is a very interesting part of a, of, of, of in identity and personality, I have to say. So that's why I think uh, it's extremely important to try to convert yourself into something else, because especially with smoking, that that can be a challenge. Yeah, I totally believe. And in general, it's about believing. <laughs> yeah. So if you believe you're a smoker or if you believe you're a drinker or overeater or a sex addict or whatever was that pattern that you identified for yourself, if you believe it and you continue saying that, it's going to be so difficult to stop being that. But if you feel it doesn't serve you, if you feel that you want to change it, you can help yourself by reprogramming your brain into a new belief. You have created that belief. You own it. You have repeated it over and over again. And you have all the power that you need to have to be able to stop doing that because you created it. You can uncreate it. You believed it. You can choose to have a new belief. It's all in your hands. It's all in your head. But I would say that when it comes to shifting into your new self, it's also about that part of scarcity and abundance. That's a very important concept because when you stop smoking and you very much concentrate on what you're lacking, what you're missing, it's like, oh, I really miss smoking. Oh, I can't smoke anymore and so on. If you concentrate on that, it's also producing all of that, you know, oh, it was so cool when I was smoking and I really miss that. And you concentrate on it and you keep yourself in that place of luck yeah, and you start mystic. to idealize the whole face of your life when you were smoking it was so cool to sm i can totally relate to yeah. that so if you keep yourself in that place you actually keep that door open always you keep that door open to fall back and get uh, down that road again but if you choose to concentrate on what you actually do have instead it's gonna be cooler it's gonna be nicer it's gonna produce positive things so for example instead of uh, concentrating on i can't smoke and it was so cool when i was smoking you can choose to have a message of what you do have now and what you do have is for example i have clean air around me to breathe in i have nice smell around me. So you concentrate on all the things that you actually have only because you stopped smoking. You do gain something every time. For example, you gain the control. I have control over my life. There is not this tiny little thing that is controlling me and making me go out even when it's freaking freezing cold. I have freedom. I have control over myself. So that's one of those things that will help you create the feeling of abundance, create a feeling of, you know, what you do have, of the positivity around it. So that's really something that can help you, that can support you when you are uh, shifting 
from that uh, smoker identity to a non-smoker identity. Uh, yeah, but I think it's pretty typical, unfortunately, with us humans, we always focus on scarcity than the abundance. I think this can be really applied to absolutely any area in our life. I just had this example with, of course, you know, breakups. Sometimes we just end the relationship and it's not even it was not even a good relationship. But then we are like hanging on a thought of that person or relationship. I miss those moments. I miss that time and so on, so on. Instead of, for instance, saying, I have so many new doors or possibilities open. And we always tend to, I don't know how to call it, like self-indulge ourselves in, in sadness. And, uh, you know, it's like idealizing the past and it's with smoking. It's the same with relationships. If It's even the same with, I don't know, losing job or changing something that happened or actually ex experiencing change. We many times just focus automatically of, on a lack, then on all the opportunities or all the all the things that, thanks to the fact that that thing is gone, are not now having their way to our life. Yeah, so that's exactly that part that will help you transition to your new non-smoking or habit-free identity. That's all what we've had for you today. So it was a five steps process where we tell you to first go for a root cause analysis, meaning, you know, inner journey, like dig deep to find out why you have been smoking all this time. Step two, more inner journey, determine why do you really want to quit. Step three, it's all in your head. Time for some solid mental cleanup. This is where we were talking about creating new positive and believable beliefs instead of that negative self-talk. Step four, game plan. Figure out what you are going to do instead of smoking. And step five, shift into your new non-smoking self. All the good luck to you, Sam, and to all our listeners who would actually like to break a habit that no longer ser serves them. Yeah, so um, I think I would just like to say that I'm not sure what I would like to say. I wanted to say something about the fact that, Sam, I believe in you, even if I'm a smoker. That's number one. The second thing was something about zombie apocalypse, but I lost it. So I would just pause on it. Then I also was thinking that maybe I should start to make my driving classes. Uh, license and I'm happy that Lasse was here with us today. There is always something positive and you always learn always. something new. Always, always. Thank you. Bye. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. That's all, folks. You are listening to You've Got 5 Options podcast, where we solve your life challenges. Remember that you can visit our website and submit your challenge or comment at other people's challenges at you've-got-five-options.com. This is www.youvegot5 as a number options.com. In our next episode, we are going to talk about persistent admirers. Is there a line between being romantic and creepy? Well, yes, there is, and we will tell you exactly where it lies. So join us in our next program. And if you like what you've heard, please make sure that you leave us a review on iTunes. That's all, folks.